a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. I'm Mara Carabello. Um, Even though we've had so much snow to start this season, which was terrific, we are still in one of the worst droughts in Utah history. Ninety, Almost 94% of the state remains in severe drought conditions. Next Monday, as we're probably watching, starts our 2022 legislative session. And water is one of the biggest priorities and there is potential for tons of investment in water. So today we have Tage Flint, who is the general manager of Weber County Water Conservancy District with us to help break down what the priorities of our legislature seem to be and if they are on target or not. So welcome, Tage. Good afternoon, Mara. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to start out with something we are suddenly hearing more and more about, and I want you to help us just make sure we know what it means and um, and what uh, what's going to come up for us. And this is the notion of secondary metering. So I don't know. I, I know those in northern Utah probably are familiar. It's how they water their lawns. But tell us really quick what secondary metering and what you see in terms of the legislature priorities and investments. Right. So, so much of the state has has uh, secondary water, bringing water to lawns and gardens for an outdoor use only, uh, even in the urban and suburban areas. Um, if you live in Salt County, it may not be that familiar to you because most of the landscapes receive their water from the drinking water source, the culinary water source, if you will. But in uh, Davis, Weber, Box Elder counties, almost every community has a secondary water line in the road that brings untreated water to their lawns and gardens. Um, it's still under pressure, still runs in the sprinkling system, but uh, is, a, is a separate source. And it's usually from, a little cheaper, right? This little ex- less yeah, expensive it, for the homeowner. Because we do not have to treat it to drinking water standards. There's, a, okay. there's an economic benefit to the cost of that, of that service. Um, the, the catch has always been that because it's untreated, it does have some debris in it from time to time, and it's been very difficult to meter historically because of the moving parts inside of a meter. Uh, that has been overcome with technology that's been in play now for about 10 years that allows uh, for a meter installation that has no moving parts in it. And uh, because that technology is finally caught up, we're going to make the information of watering available to to each one of the users. Okay, and so the reason I understand, tell me if I'm right, that this has become a major issue is that because of the federal money, the ARPA money, if you will, that we got from the federal government, one of its intended potential uses is water. And um, from what I understand, these individual meters, which would go to every household, are a little bit pricey, and um, it, 
is it true that the legislature is looking at spending or perhaps investing a, a lot of money on having all of us who have secondary water now get meters attached? Yes. And so to your point about ARPA, ARPA did, uh, the federal uh, law did come down with some priorities built into that money, uh, one of which is water and wastewater. Another was some, some fiber and, and other uh, technological advances for communities. But on the water piece, um, our legislature has been very good to look at accountability of water usage and water conservation in general. Uh, to which they would like to put substantial amounts of money towards. Um, it's very much appreciated on our, on our end as the Weber Basin District has been, been putting these meters in for 10 years now and seen the benefits. Uh, just to give you a quick example, a user that, that is not charged any differently but now knows how much water they're using on a daily basis is using about 20 to 25% less. Mm. And so we know it's probably for the bang for the buck, even though they're expensive, to put the meters in, uh, the the bang for the buck is probably the best thing we can do in terms of water conservation going forward. So this can impact water conservation and having more water to spread around more broadly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you you look at our population projections that we all talk about a lot in Utah, we know that it's going to double again. The population is going to double again in the next 45 to 50 years. No different for any of our communities in the northern Utah area. Um, we know that we're going to have to stretch our current finite natural resources farther than they ever have had to before. And, and, so with, and this, we think, is the best method. What other? What, give me one or two other examples of what you think the legislature could do that would be the most impactful in terms of whether it's conservation or new projects. Like how should we watch the legislative session and see if they are advancing on water? Sure, and your introduction was spot on. There are many bills being contemplated this year regarding water, and many of them are, are around water conservation. I'll, I'll give you a couple examples. One is uh, uh, the concept that uh, new development should be uh, put in with a more water-efficient landscape mm-hmm. idea. And uh, we are working with our cities right now, and they've been incredibly cooperative over the last few years in trying to ramp up new building provisions and ordinances that require less landscape or at least landscape that uses less water uh, in, in, their, in their new developments. We're not advocating for you know, cactus and gravel and, and cow heads and, in the middle of the front lawn. What we're advocating for is uh, something that still looks nice aesthetically but can be designed and use so much less water than we have in our traditional landscapes. And this is so, important because I, I think if if we are wasters or if we are not as conscientious, where we can save the most is in our lawns, right? That's- yes, it's, it's still, this still holds that Utahns across the state are using north of 60% of all the water they consume in a year on their outdoor applications. Okay. And so you can tell where we want to where we want to apply the most the, the most efficiency. Uh, that so so the, the legislature is looking to help and and not just overrun cities with with ideas on how they should run their cities, but help in in processing a, a method by which we can get to better designed landscapes going forward. Um, I'll just give you one other example in water conservation. There's a, there will be a bill again this year that'll uh, look at uh, efficiencies inside the water systems themselves. 
making sure the pipes are not leaking uh, and that, that we can do a proper inventory on each one of our distribution systems to be sure that our, our that we have efficiency in our own water transportation systems and that we can catch any leaks and take care of those early on. Okay, Tage, we just have one more minute, but if you could tell us what should homeowners be doing right now to prepare for the summer? You know, as you know, as soon as it snows, we, we think our problems are over. So what can we be doing now to prepare for the summer? Right. It's been a tough two and a half years on, on precipitation overall. We are uh, quickly, with this drought spell over the next last week and next week, uh, are going to be back to an average snowpack over, over, overall in the state. Uh, we have to we have to start preparing ourselves for using much less water next year, just in case we end up with another year like we've had the last two, and that that starts at the landscape once again, and uh, preparing our landscapes for something that's much less uh, uh, needing of water even next year if this continues. Gotcha. Well, thank you, Tage. I am quite certain this will not be the last time we talk about water. And I know, again, it's a high priority of the legislators. So we appreciate your expertise and thanks for coming on Insight Sources today. Thanks for your interest. So I'm going to I'm going to stick with our precept theme, but I'm going to say how we're using it now. Utah is known for having the greatest snow on Earth, but we can still claim Can we still claim this as our our short seasons become more and more short? Next on, we have Dave Fields from Snowbird Resort. And for those of you who don't know, Snowbird is celebrating their 50th year. He's going to tell us about that and what we can expect from this ski season. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.